Underreported story that is very big. I love these. I love these. Elon Musk. You know this guy, Musk? Well, he is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Put his picture up. There he is. He is about to become the second most powerful man in the country next to the president. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So Twitter banned Donald Trump. All right. And uh, banned a whole bunch of other people. Well, Musk apparently doesn't like that. So he's made an offer to buy it. Forty three million is the reported billion, I should say. Forty three billion dollars reported amount. And it looks like the Twitter board is going to sell the company to him. Wow. Right. So Twitter stock is up four percent today. Um, this is good news for a lot of people, bad news for others. And we'll, we'll tell you who is doing what, but the first, the Twitter facts. So as you know, I use Twitter. Um, we have more than 3 million followers. Part of that's due to Holly, the terror dog, who's very popular on Twitter and 330 million human beings on this planet are active Twitter users, 330 million. That's the population of the United States, by the way, but we're talking worldwide here. 6,000 tweets are sent every second. <laughs> Just boggles the mind, okay? Twitter revenue for the last quarter was $1.6 billion. So you can see what a powerful company this is. Now, Elon Musk is the richest person in the world. He's worth an estimated $219 billion himself. He's 49 years old, born to a South African father, Canadian mother. Um, that was in Pretoria, South Africa. He now lives in Texas. He moved out of California because he was outraged by the government there. But he is not a doctrinaire conservative. All right, he, he's kind of a libertarian guy, but I'm not sure exactly why he wants Twitter. And that's what we're going to get into. We have a guest and we'll talk about that. But if this comes to be, and I think it will, I mean, the government could step in, but I don't know why the federal government would deny Elon Musk the opportunity to buy the company other than ideology. Because I don't think Musk is going to ban Trump, and that's a big thing. So we're keeping our eye on this story. But the complexity of the social media operation is so powerful. Again, if Musk gets this, he's the second most powerful man in the country next to the president. Because then he'll be able to regulate what gets out into cyberspace and what does not, as what is happening now. So Donald Trump was dealt a grievous blow, which he's never recovered from, by being banned from Twitter. The problem with Twitter, there are two problems, defamation and verification. So when you have 6,000 tweets a second being launched into cyberspace, you can't real time figure out what's going on. You can't. And there's a lot of defamation. Now, you can sue for defamation based upon a Twitter feed personally. But as I've told you, that costs a lot of money unless your brother or sister is a lawyer. They'll do it for free. 
And then it takes years and years and years. And then there's free speech and all of that. It's not easy, particularly when you're a famous person. And then you can put out all kinds of falsehoods. Well, who's going to verify this stuff? Who? Now, Twitter itself knows that if Republicans win back Congress in November, there's going to be legislation not only against Twitter, but against all the social media companies to try to stop the ideological censorship that's in play now. That will happen. Biden would probably veto it, but it's going to happen because of the outrage over Trump. Now, there's no question that Donald Trump exaggerates and he puts out there things that I can't verify sometimes. Doesn't mean they're false. Him saying that, you know, there was election fraud. That's true. There was. Does it rise to the Supreme Court overturning the election? Not at this point. That's the truth. That's the fact. But Trump can't be heard. And others can't be heard as well. People who put things out that the left-wingers who run Twitter don't like, they can ice them. And I think that's what Elon Musk will stop. Okay, Biden's got a problem with his vice president, Kamala Harris. Now, Biden hasn't addressed this. But this is a problem. So Kamala is uh, chief of staff, big position. Tina Flournoy quit. And this is the 12th person to resign in 16 months. Wow. Talk about a turnover. Now, I'm not going to speculate. I don't know why Tina is leaving. She's going to be replaced by a woman named Lorraine Valls, who's already on the staff. There's Lorraine. I hope they have a good time. I don't know whether Kamala's mean. I don't know why they're quitting. It's unusual. You get a big White House job, it's unusual to walk in a year or so. But this is becoming an image problem. Kamala is a problem for the Biden administration. And Biden's got his own problems. You know, and, and I write about them in my new column called Living the Dream on BillOReilly.com. I hope you read it. You know, these columns, I I think you'll find them worthy. So I hope you go in. All right, let's get back to Elon Musk. I said twice, I don't want to be boring and repetitive as most cable uh, hosts are now. Uh, But Elon Musk, man, if he he brings this in, he is hugely powerful. Let's bring in Eric Berger. Now, Eric is a senior space editor at Ars Technica in Houston, Texas. He has been uh, in board meetings where Elon Musk was there, and he's obviously Musk going to space and all that, so Eric knows about that. So do you know Musk? Have you had any conversations with him yourself? Oh, yes. Uh, I wrote a book called Liftoff where I interviewed him at length and probably spent the better part of you know, 20 or 30 hours with him uh, at various points talking to him about wow. space flight. Okay, and so the book is Liftoff. When was that book published? It was published about a year ago. All right, so there it is. There's the cover. We want everybody to check that off. So your assessment of Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter, your assessment, why is he doing it? 
Honestly, I think there are several reasons. First of all, he's had a long love affair with Twitter. He uses that service on a daily basis, I think sometimes to blow off steam and he loves to talk directly to people interested in Tesla and SpaceX. Part of it too is I think he feels very strongly about freedom of speech. Um, and, and for the reasons you mentioned, like has watched this and has not liked some of the decisions about people who've been taken off the service. And finally, you know, I think maybe he's a little bit bored. Um, he's, he's dueling with the FAA uh, at SpaceX right now to, to, to work on his next generation rocket. And Tesla seems to be going pretty well. So I think you may have just been looking for something else to do. Does he like attention? Does he like to be in the news cycle? I don't think he chases attention. He likes to get things done and, and he's willing to run through roadblocks to get things done through regulatory agencies. And so that just by definition makes news. Okay. He left California because he didn't like the liberal government there. He went to Texas, a conservative state where you live. Does that indicate he is politically conservative? I wouldn't say he's politically conservative. He definitely feels like there should be less government intrusion in our lives. He, he, the regulatory environment in California really turned him off. And so he came to Texas, which is basically the polar opposite. And he's moved a lot of his rocket and car business here as a result of that. Socially, I understand he's a liberal man. I should tell the audience I met him one time. Uh, it was at a party in the Hollywood Hills, which I didn't want to go to, but I kind of had to go um, for business reasons. He was there. Uh, I, don't, I didn't speak to him with any you know, depth. It was like, hey, how are you? That kind of thing. Um, so I can't say I have a feel for him at all. But I have heard from people who do know him that he's socially liberal. Would that be correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. He very much, you know, feels like people ought to be left, left to live their lives the way that they want to live them. So that's, but that's a libertarian philosophy rather than a left-wing philosophy. Left-wing is you, it's my way or the highway. Right. Yeah, I would not say he's left-wing in that sense. He's just sort of socially liberally, liberal, fiscally conservative generally speaking. Okay. Do you agree with me if he gets Twitter, he's the second most powerful man in the country? He's already extremely powerful and, and this would take it, take it to another level. Um, because let's face it, I mean, he owns a big car company, he owns a big space company, and now he would own the, the, the platform used by millions of people, as you said, around the world to speak directly to their audiences. So yes, he he, I don't know if he'd be the second most powerful, but he would be definitely in the conversation for that. Well, there's nobody else. I mean, I'm, I'm good at this kind of stuff, Mr. Berger. <laughs> uh, there's nobody else that's going to touch him if he gets Twitter. Do you expect him to reinstate Donald Trump and others who have been banned? I, you know, I haven't spoken to him directly about that. I will say that I know that that he he appreciates how Trump used Twitter. I don't think he appreciated all the things that the, the former president said on Twitter, but he he clearly understood that, that Donald Trump was very good at using Twitter to establish a brand. Um, and so I suspect that probably would happen, but I don't have any firsthand knowledge. Do you think that Elon Musk will be concerned about verification and defamation as I laid out? It's so hard, the volume of tweets that go out, uh, it would be so hard to you know, actually regulate that. Would he care about that at all? I think he cares about it. You know, Elon is, to him, fairness is a pretty important concept. 
So if, if he feels like people are being done wrong, you know, I think there will be some action taken, but, but how you would undertake that while also having a libertarian approach to your social media platform, I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, that would be uh, an amazing <laughs> uh, challenge for any company to do it. Well, I don't have any um, rooting interest here as far as Elon Musk is concerned, but I want an honest social media in this country. I think it's vital to our Republican democracy to have it. So I'm rooting for Musk to get this because once he gets it, it's his company. He can do whatever he wants with it. But along with that is going to come enormous pressures on him. Enormous. Last word. I, I agree with that. But I mean, you look at what he's done with Tesla. He's taken on the entire automotive industry. And with SpaceX, he's taken on the largest defense contractors in the world. And he's been you know, very successful with those two ventures. Does he have enough room on his plate? for this massive social media co company? I don't know, um, but, but his past record, track record is pretty good. All right, thank you, Eric. I appreciate your time. And again, uh, the book that Eric wrote, put it up on the screen so we can get a look at it. Lift off, uh, well worth your attention. Police officers in America, not a good time to be a cop. FBI stats just released 59% increase in police intentionally killed in the line of duty from 2021 to 2020. 73 police officers intentionally killed 2021, 46, 2020. Gunfire, the leading cause of the officer's death, 55 of the 73 slain were by a firearm. So far this year, 19 of the 101 officers shot happened in ambush-style attacks. This year, 2022, they're ambushing police. 13 major U.S. cities had homicide records broken. They are Portland, Oregon, St. Paul, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Toledo, Rochester, Philadelphia, Columbus, Baton Rouge, Louisville, Kentucky, Austin, Tucson, Oakland, Albuquerque. Most of those cities run by progressive leftists. Okay. So there's obviously a violent crime problem and police are in danger in America. So let's bring in Charles Fane Lehman. He is a contributing editor for City Journal, which is an urban policy magazine that I, I read. It's got very, very good information in a city journal. So what I take from this, uh, Mr. Lehman, is that criminals are now emboldened and are taking more chances, violent criminals, um, people who want to hurt the police and others. They take more chances now because the odds of them getting caught are lower. Would I be wrong in that assessment? Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 
over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I think that I think the two things are true. One is yes, it's correct that there's been an increase in that willingness of uh, criminal offenders to take chances, taking shots at the cops. And you see that in the dramatic increase in ambushes uh, that you alluded to. I can tell you that between 2020 and 2019, there was an 86% increase in ambush assaults on police officers. There's an, un, you know, we, we've returned to mid 1990s levels of ambush assaults on police officers, according to the FBI. And that says to me that uh, it's not just criminals who are going after cops because they get into a tight spot. It's criminals who are saying, here's an opportunity to go after somebody. And that's thing one. But thing two is that this increase in violence against police officers is part of a broader increase in homicides, shootings, and other acts of casual violence in our society. When America gets less safe, policing gets less safe. And of course, when policing gets less safe, America gets less safe in sort of a, a vicious cycle. Okay, but what you have now is also the police themselves understanding if they go after violent criminals, bad things can happen to them. Not only can they get shot or assaulted by the violent criminal, but even if they make the arrest, they could get in trouble for some kind of, you know, dereliction of duty or violation of policy. And so police tell me, anecdotal, that a lot of times they hang back from the gang shootings and they're shooting each other and almost a, well, let them kill each other type of mentality. Have you heard of that? Yeah, absolutely. Both in my conversations with police officers, but also I think there is now fairly robust empirical evidence that looks at how high profile media incidents of police use of force and subsequent protests can lead to a withdrawal of police in their uh, exercise of discretionary arrests, discretionary stops. There's actually a, a lot of fairly robust evidence that A, shows that, and then B, links that to an increase in violence. I think most tellingly, when you just go look at what has happened to assaults and killings of police officers, felonious killings and felonious assaults, uh, they were at their lowest levels in history up through about 2015, um, which is, of course, when the Ferguson protests and the first round of hostility to the police that becomes the defund the police movement takes off. Uh, and like clockwork, there's an increase in ambush kill, uh, ambush assaults, sure. increase in assaults of all kinds. George Floyd was a fuse. That was the fuse um, to what we see now. Let's look forward. The problem is in your city, Washington, D.C., in my city, New York, in L.A., in Chicago, in most large cities, the district attorneys are far left. They sympathize with the criminals more than the victims, generally speaking. Philadelphia, Krasner, okay? I don't see how that reverses itself. So the situation of attacks on cops and civilians is going to get worse. Well, you know, I some of it's the district attorneys uh, who are elected. Some of it is 
in, a, in a place like DC, some of it's the city council, sometimes it's mayors. If you look at a place like Chicago, the problem is the DA and the city council and the mayor, and also to some extent the CPD. Uh, there are there are complicated relationships there, but I think in all in all of those cases, those are often offices which are democratically accountable. Uh, I think that there's reason for optimism. Uh, the election of Eric Adams in New York City gives me a sense of optimism. Uh, there's there's polling that suggests that Chesa Boudin, the progressive district attorney in San Francisco, is likely facing recall in the coming election cycle. Nobody expected that to happen. Uh, everyone thought everyone thought that he would he would skate by, but it seems like there's a uh, some pretty bad polls out there for him. So you know, I think I think look, the the electorate is very aware of how bad crime has gotten. They're very aware that these are actors who are uh, not concerned enough about crime, and eventually they will sit up and take notice as they did in the 1990s. I don't know. They reelected Krasner in Philadelphia, and that's a disaster. Last question: Have you heard President Biden discuss this issue at all? Because I know you 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 research this all the time. Have you heard Biden say anything about this? You know, so I'll I'll, I'll say this. I think that the president has been admirably to the right of his party on this issue. He's been willing to say, yes, there's a crime problem. Yes, we should spend money to resolve it. He came out in the State of the Union and said, we want to fund the police, not defund the police. I think that's great. I do wish he would spend less time focusing on gun crime and saying the issue is gun violence. The reality is that most people who carry guns, known guns, aren't committing the crimes. It's a, it's, it's a crime problem, a violence problem, not a gun problem. But that said, you know, I think he is, he is one of the more serious actors in the Democratic Party about this issue, to his credit. Okay. I haven't seen any legislation put forth by his crew that would help local authorities at all. None. But we'll track it. Mr. Lemon, thanks very much. We appreciate it. All right, one of the states most affected by illegal immigration is Arizona. So the last poll that we could find says 73% of Arizonans think that this massive illegal immigration is a national security crisis. Okay, only 18% of our Arizonans don't. So that's a colossal thing. Now, as you may know, there is a gubernatorial race in November in Arizona. And one of the people running is Karen Taylor Robeson, who joins us now from Phoenix. So you are locked in a tight race for the Republican nomination, and your primary issues are the economy and inflation. Obviously, that's the biggest one for all Americans. And secondly, immigration. You have put forth a six-point plan. Now, I'm sorry I'm doing much of the talking, but I'm going to let you do. But I have to set this up because most people don't live in Arizona, although they'd like to, some of them. Okay, first of all- They're moving here. They're moving here. Yeah, it's obviously Californians are going, "Mm, yeah, let me go there. So you want an emergency session of the state legislature? Sure, that's no problem. You want to utilize surveillance technology? I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, You want to uh, enter a multi-state compact With California, that's not going to do you any good. New Mexico, not going to do you any good. But Texas would. But the other three points are somewhat controversial. The first one is construct the wall. So as you know, because you're a native Arizonan, most of the land that borders Mexico in Arizona is either federal land or tribal land, Indian reservations, okay? And the state of Arizona is not allowed to do anything 
on that land unless they get permission from the tribes or the federal government. The federal government is certainly not going to give you permission to build a wall at this point. So what kind of a wall, if you're elected governor, would you build? Well, Bill, first, thank you for having me and calling attention to the crisis in Arizona because it's uh, we're, we're really on the front lines of a 50-state border crisis. But we do have state land, we have private land, we have federal land, and we have tribal land. And so my plan calls for us building the wall where we can, which would primarily be state land where we do have jurisdiction, and on private land with willing property owners. But I can tell you, having met with and talked to property owners and ranchers along the border, I believe they would be very willing uh, to have the wall constructed on their property. And in I many think you're cases, right. You know, yeah, in Pima County, in, in Pima County, I don't mm -hmm. know if the Native Americans would cooperate with you, but I think the private ranchers would certainly like more protection. But you know Absolutely. as well as I do that you build a wall and you'd have to be back off the border because you can't mm -hmm. build it on federal land. It'd be back a little bit. That the coyotes, the smugglers, the people and drug smugglers, they're just going to go to a place that doesn't have the wall. So that's, wouldn't that be a right. waste? Wouldn't that be a waste of money? No, because where you have a wall, it works, and then it allows you to more efficiently and effectively utilize the limited resources you have, and you can concentrate them on the areas where there is no wall. So you know, I've seen it. I've seen where it works, and of course, where there's no wall, it, it doesn't work. Did and you so estimate we how how much wall you could build legally? Do you have an estimation, and how much that would cost uh, the state of Arizona? Uh, we have about. Uh, about 20 miles of state land and a significant amount of private land. And they don't have the exact mileage, uh, but I believe that, that we could cover a lot of territory and therefore our law enforcement, our local law enforcement can be concentrated on the areas where we don't have a wall. And, okay. and you referenced, part, you know, part of my plan is to go to the legislature. Fortunately, because we've got, you know, good Republican leadership in the state of Arizona, we have a huge surplus. We have a $5.3 billion surplus right now. So we can and we must find the resources to send down to our local law enforcement in our border counties. I you didn't know, know that. So that, that, would, that would take care of the funding. Now, the second thing that I want to talk to you about is that part of your plan says surge the National Guard. But as you know, the Posse Comitatus Act prevents the Arizona National Guard or any other state. They cannot detain or deport migrants. They can't arrest them. They can hold them for a certain amount of time until, I guess, local authorities would come because, again, federal authorities aren't going to help you out. If, you, if you're the governor, Ms. Robeson, the federal authorities under Biden, they're not going to help you out at all. You know that. That's clear. That's, that's very clear. But the National Guard can support and supplement the efforts of our local, local law enforcement. We do have laws on the books that can, where we can, we can arrest and detain under state law. And I would envision increasing the penalties for some of those and adding additional uh, state statutory um, authority, such as criminal trespass. You know, we can have uh, trespass uh, laws that if our local law enforcement had the ability and the resources, they can start arresting under state law and detaining under sure, state law. Sure, you can do that. Texas has done that. You can, you can mm -hmm. pass new laws. They'd be challenged. You know that. Why isn't yes. Ducey, Ducey's a Republican, why hasn't he served the National Guard? He has sent some National Guard to the border, and he also just a week ago, I think, entered into a, a multi-state compact with other governors because these other governors are realizing that, you know, Arizona, while we're on the front lines, we're, we're, we're passing a lot of drugs through our state into, into these other states. And, and you know, in, in addition to all the national security 
uh, the obvious national security implications of an open border policy of Biden, you have to look at the human tragedy that's unfolding with the human smuggling and the sex trafficking and the drugs yeah. and the drugs. Killing Everybody us. knows it. Everybody yeah. knows it. I mean, if you don't know that, then you are just an idiot. Um, right. And we disqualify you from any kind of a discussion. So everybody knows right. what a catastrophe this is. And the president and vice president don't seem to care. That's why they're going to get whacked in November. And if you do get the nomination, uh, and I guess the primary is in early August in Arizona, you're going to have a good chance to be governor because this is going to be a wave, a red wave. The final thing is yeah. you want to revoke funding from sanctuary cities. I'm not aware there are any sanctuary cities in Arizona. Is Tucson a sanctuary city? It is not currently, but I wanted to put every city in this state on notice that when I'm governor, I will use every power of my authority to revoke state funding for any city that chooses to go down that yeah, path. I don't think there are. And, and hopefully, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. With, gotta... with clarity. Um, yeah. With if clarity, you, if... hopefully they won't go down that path. Okay. Yeah, because they're not going to do that. Although Tucson's a very liberal area, as you know, um, that yes. whole that whole block there in Maricopa County could go either way. And that's the key to your victory or anybody else's victory in Arizona, convincing Maricopa voters, the largest county in the state, that's Phoenix, where you are, um, to support you. My last question is, um, do you have any idea why Biden's doing what he's doing on the border? Is there any information that you've gotten? I can't figure it out. It's so self-destructive, not only for him and his party, right. but for the country. Well, you know, if you, you there's two logical uh, answers. They're either ignorant, stupid, or they know what they're doing. And I don't believe, um, you know, at that level that, you know, that they're ignorant or stupid. I believe they know exactly what they're doing. Do you have any opinion or speculation that, as yeah. to why they want an open border with narcotics and human smuggling attached to it? Why would they want that? I, I believe they, they want these people here to, to uh, you know, get them on the voter rolls. I mean, when you see cities like New York City allowing non-citizens to vote, what's, you know, I don't know any other logical explanation, but they want to have... You know, these people come in, become members of the Democrat Party and vote for them. And, that, you know, just look at Title 42. You referenced Title 42. I mean, it would triple the number of people coming over. The Easy. caravans are already lining up on the other side. Right. Easy. So, it, you know, it's, such, likely, it's, right. it's, it's staggering. Yeah, to my think. likely opponent in the. Go ahead. Real quick, my my likely my likely opponent in the Democrat uh, uh, nominee for Arizona's governor in November uh, was on record supporting the revocation of Title 42. We went up with a paid ad advertisement uh, campaign last Friday, and as of yesterday morning, she buckled and and backtracked and said, "No longer is it a good idea." So at least she had the good sense to see the the potential ramifications of the revocation of Title 42, but. Obviously, Biden doesn't understand that. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that he didn't have anything on his schedule today. I would just like to invite him to come to Arizona and, and witness the disaster that's taking place on our border. Well, he won't. But uh, we wish you the best, Ms. Robeson. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. 
Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. This country's having a problem right now. And working people, elderly people, uh, they're getting hammered financially. And, um, you know, we don't know when it's going to end. You know, this fantasy about Joe Biden being removed or not finishing out his term, he's going to finish out his term. So, you know, people throwing that around, uh, there's no basis to it. Maybe something will happen, but not right now. Uh, In the meantime, um, what should we do? And I have a couple of answers for that in this evening's Talking Points memo. First, the facts. Okay, so let's go back to the summer of 2020. And I've told you this story before. I'll truncated that word of the day truncate that means make it shorter but it's, it's worth it's worth remembering so 2020 early august three months before the presidential vote trump biden i'm sitting on a beach a beautiful beach on eastern long island with two friends who are liberals and have always been liberals okay and they're chortling about how biden's going to be trump and how they don't like trump and I'm going, yeah, but he's, he's done a pretty good job. You know, the economy's vibrant and we don't have a lot of problems around the world right now. And it looks to me like minorities are increasing their wages on average. So what's the beef? They just didn't like him. OK, because he's flamboyant, because they believe he doesn't tell the truth and on and on and on and on. Now, I don't get involved in those kinds of discussions. It's not my job to stick up for Donald Trump. I mean, he can stick up for himself. My job is to analyze what is reality. So I looked at them and I said, just listen to me on one thing. You, your children and your grandchildren are going to get hurt financially 
if Joe Biden wins the election. Now, that stopped them for maybe 10 seconds. And then they went, oh, no, 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 no. And I said, you mark my words. You are going to be hurt. Your family is going to suffer financially. And that's what's happened. And I know them very well. So how did I know? Because, number one, I knew that Joe Biden didn't have enough mental capacity to understand a complex economy, whereas Donald Trump does. He's a businessman. He knows supply and demand. He knows the marketplace. And Biden doesn't. Number two, I knew that Biden would spend trillions of dollars of government money on far-left progressive things. I knew that, and that has come true. And when the government spends trillions of dollars, it has to print more money. Therefore, the dollars that are in circulation lose value, and that's what inflation is. I also knew that Biden would attack the oil industry because he said he would. We're going to wipe them out, according to Biden. And then the unintended consequences of that added to the inflation. So I knew all that. And these people should have known it. They should have known it. But they were blinded by their hatred for Donald Trump. Since April Fool's Day, the Dow Jones is off about 700 points. The Nasdaq is off about 2,000 points. So I'm getting a lot of mail. People are panicking. Don't. If you have a stock that has a profit, you put what they call a stop order on it. If it hits a certain price, you pick the price, it automatically sells. That's what I do. Now, I've lost some stock. However, the cash that I'm raising, I'm going to use to buy other stock at a very low price. Now, I can't give individual financial advice. I can't do it. But my strategy is the stock market correction that we're seeing now may get worse because there's no hope for Biden's economic plan. There's no hope. And I don't know when the bottom is. No one does. But I assume, and may be wrong, that once the fall rolls around, September, the market's going to go, Democrats are going to get wiped out in November, and it will start to come up. That just makes sense to me. But it might not happen. We might go into a severe recession. I don't think we will because Americans are working. There are more jobs than people to do them. Once people are in the marketplace making money, that precludes most recessions. It's the massive layoffs that hit you in that. But American business needs labor. It needs it. And they're paying pretty good salaries. That's the only thing that's going to save us. And Biden has nothing to do with that, by the way. That's a combination of Trump raising the economy up and COVID blasting everything down and now COVID subsiding, people are coming back. The airlines, the best example, airlines are going to make money. 
They're hiring like crazy. You want to work for an airline? Now's the time to apply. Okay. Now, all of this could be wrong. I'm not a macroeconomist, but I know enough about it, and I know a thousand times more than Joe Biden does. So therein lies my advice. Now, final thing. If you vote emotionally, if you do anything in your life based on emotion, you're probably going to get hammered in the end. Trump should have won that election. He would have won if COVID didn't hit. But he didn't help himself. He didn't. The bombast should have been brought back in. If he wants to run again, the less bombast, the better chance he has. I told him that a hundred times. He's probably, I know he's tired of hearing about it. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, final thought of the day. My mantra for more than 25 years is we, that's me and my staff, are looking out for you. Now, some people go, ah, you know, they don't buy it. Okay, but I am. And the corporate media is not. Here is the best example. The airline collapse in this country. So we did a search in the last three weeks. You know the JetBlue situation. I've reported on it. Terrible. Forbes magazine, Time magazine, CNBC, Fortune magazine, Washington Post, only media that covered it. And the Boston Globe covered it locally in Beantown because JetBlue is a big base there and it boom. So just this weekend, uh, JetBlue, 28% canceled or delayed on Friday, 30% on Saturday, 30% on Sunday. 
That means you have a one in three chance of not getting where you want to go in a timely fashion. Now, Alaska Airline also having a lot of trouble. Why don't pilots? Finally admitting it. Now, where's ABC, NBC? Where's Fox News? Where's, uh, where are they? This is a huge story. Millions and millions of Americans are getting hosed. Get, they're suffering. You take your family to the airport, you're sitting there for hours. No pilots. They don't have enough. They tell you it's the weather. It's not the weather. Now, when I blew this story wide open, all of a sudden JetBlue goes, well, we're going to cut back 15% of our flights starting on May 1st. They had to because they couldn't get the bleeding flights up in the air. They didn't have anybody to fly the planes. Now, this is a huge story. None of the networks can cover this. Why? Why aren't they covering it? Why? Because the airlines take out advertisements. That's why. Your welfare? And this is across the board. They don't care about you. They've never cared about you. Ever. When I broke the mold and came on cable and said, we're looking out for you and we're going to do our stories about how they affect you, the American citizen, that was brand new. That had never happened before. And then, boom, we're the most successful show for 17 years on cable news. Because people said, yeah, O'Reilly's not in anybody's pocket. And I'm not. And I never will be. But this thing got me. This thing, because I saw it with my own eyes. I experienced it. I'm not going to go over it again. And then I said, where is the coverage on this? There's no denying it's happening. The American airline industry doesn't have enough pilots to fly the planes, yet they're still scheduling all of these flights, and they know they can't get them up. Awful. It's just unbelievable. So I'm happy that we could present news that does look out for you. And I hope that you consider that going forward and we'll spread the word. Because the more people that watch us, the more powerful we become. Thank you for and watching and listening to the No Spin News tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow.